It doesn't suck as much as being a child in Japan. There's these kids, sometimes they commute an hour to school and then they go to like cram school afterwards, which is called Juku in Japanese. And these kids, they get up at like 5 a.m. <laughs> You just heard the song Junjo Spectra from the anime Robotics Notes by the artist Zvi. And this is the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast where our one and only sole mission is to make your anime addiction worse. I am your host Mitsugi tonight and I am flying solo due to many, uh, the stars have aligned in a way that has put Mitsugi in a challenging position. So... I'll make it work. Uh, our website is www.aaapodcast.com, so come visit us over there. Chiaki is currently in the process of rebuilding the website again to make it easier and better to use for you guys, so look forward to that, of course. And we're also on Facebook.com, facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast. Pretty easy to remember. And we're on iTunes. Which maybe is perhaps the one of the best places to find us, because you can subscribe and get updates on when new episodes come out, etc., even though it's pretty much once a week. But you can find us on iTunes, write it, rate us if you want. And we're, of course, we're live every Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Japan Time, live from Japan on newstream.tv forward slash anime channel forward slash anime dash addicts dash anonymous dash podcast. So... Good to be here tonight. Tonight for you, morning for me, of course. And I am, like I, as I said, flying solo tonight. We had uh, Chiaki is in her house, buried under a pile of blankets, uh, with a bit of a illness that which is spreading across Japan like a like a rabid plague of death. And uh, hopefully she will not die. And. Kimiko was going to join us t- today because Kimiko, of course, is not dead, as many of you may think. She is alive and well. However, Kimiko's computer decided to die. 
uh, with a virus this morning. So, Kimiko is not here, but she may perhaps call in late, and I will call her in, and you will be delighted with Kimiko at a later time. No promises. So, we have four members this week, of course, and I get to pick the best one, because hmm, I'm the only one here. What do you know? So, four members for this week are Broken Wings, The Dandy Lion, Poop Dog, and Drunk Stickin' Frying Pan. Oh, that's a tr- that's a very difficult one. I will select the the dandy lion because it's not a dandelion; it's a dandelion. For those of you that get that joke. <clears throat> also, we have trivia, continuing the theme of getting tipsy. So the answer was R E C. I have no, I have not seen this anime, but apparently some of you have. So good for you. The correct answers were astrophysics. Mad Tyrant 1384, Tyvoon, Tanoshi, and Friend, as Tyvoon in the chat chants trivia. And, of course, the winner for the week was Friend. So, good job, Friend. Yes, you deserve it. The new trivia will be up soon, but as Chiaki is buried under a mountain of pillows, I imagine, she it is not up yet. So, so seeing as maybe for the second or third time in 180 some odd episodes I am doing this alone I will probably be much more open to interaction from the chat so if for those of you that would like to ask questions or make comments in the chat I will probably be more likely to answer them you can be my co-host the chat is my co-host so I have I have 24 co-hosts right now so it's a lot of attention to spread around so Mailbags. Yes, also, in an effort to trim the length of the show slightly, because I it became very obvious that the show was getting longer and longer and longer. We have I have opted to slash birthdays. So no more birthdays, sorry. Also, we are we have reduced the mailbag section to one mailbag, and when when and when we become overloaded we will do a whole mailbag episode. Yes, yes, the chat is in revolt against me. Yes, t- yes. Rekka's birthday was in two days. I am sorry. Happy birthday, Rekka. So, mailbag this week. Nelly, 1876, writes, I was just wondering, if you watch a show first subbed, and you either find out or already know that it has a dub, do you ever go and watch the dub to see how it turned out? (sighs) Hmm. This is a nice softballish question for a very challenging podcast episode for Mitsugi. So, I will say all these shows that I do impressions on and reviews on every week, I always watch them subbed because, they're, of course, they're not available in English yet. And I will say that unless I'm at an anime con and they happen to be playing one of the, one of the shows I watched two years ago in English, or maybe it somehow makes its way on TV, or I see a commercial for it online... I will honestly probably never watch the dub, ever. That being said, there are also animes that I have watched dubbed first, like GTO, that when I, I'm just used to hearing Steve Bloom as Onizuka, and it becomes very difficult to go and watch the sub later, because I'm like, well, that's not what Onizuka sounds like. So my honest opinion is that, generally, 
people will watch, primarily watch whatever language they watch first, and they will always like that one better. Uh, unless it's just god-awful, and then maybe you'll hate it and, and rejoice at the thought of another language. So, good mailbag question. Thank you for that. So, I see that, that Kimiko has not called in yet. So, what are we doing this episode? As Chiaki put together the topic for today, it will be a very interesting journey through the main topic for Mitsugi. So the main topic today is, where are they now? In this episode, we are going to discuss voice actors, animators, directors that gave us an hour addition to anime. Are they still in the, in the industry and what are they doing now? Submitted by Dead Rabbit on the forum. And I see that most of these names are actually, most of them are directors. And most of them directors that you know. So we will, we will be talking about things like their positions, the animes they worked on, the types of things that they uh, have done since they became famous, etc. And then we will take another quick news break and we will come back and I will attempt to do a review on Millennium Actress, although it will be very hard. And I will do a review on the first season of Uchu Kyodai. So stay tuned and we will be, we will be back in five minutes. you anime lovers out there, this is Chiaki, and this is your Anime News Break. First up, Kenji Itoso, the unit director on the late Satoshi Kon's dormant Yume Miru Kikai film, is planning and directing an anime film called Santa Company for release next winter. Naohiro Fukushima of Eden of the East and Eureka 7 Astral Ocean is writing the script, and Hidari Frackdale and Natsuru Kisuke grew the drew the original illustrations that provided the basis for the character designs. Itosa's own Kenji Studio is animating the film, so it sounds like Santa Company is a cute name for a potentially cute winter film coming out this next year. In other news, the Madoka Magica spin-off manga Kazumi Magica has ended. It was written by Takashi Tenzgi's and it was inspired by the Puella Magi Madoka Magica television anime, which ended in the January 2013 issue of Homuncha's Manga Time Kirada Forward magazine this past Saturday. Homuncha will publish the fifth and final compiled book volume on January 12, 2013. The manga revolves around Kazumi, a girl who lost all her memories except her name. Key to reviving her memories is the fact that she transforms into a magical girl. So if you're a fan of the series, it's a spin-off that's, well, now completed and will get you more content. The official website for the Anohana, the flower we saw that day, anime franchise has begun streaming a new preview video for the upcoming film, also this past week. The video aired during Fuji TV's Noitama Na programming block this late past Thursday evening. The film will open next summer in Tokyo Shinjuku's Wald 9 and other theaters, so if you're a fan of Anahana, more content's out there for you. So lots of new stuff out there in the anime world today, especially revolving around movies. This was Chiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, we'll be back to the show soon. Anime News Break. 
Welcoming you to Metaverse, home to fangirls, bishis, and bejeans. We go over anime news and discuss all things related to the fandom of any manga and everything in between. It was like watching two kittens roll over each other. <laughs> the day Kurosuji 2 ended, the next day ended up dressing like all in black just because I was so <laughs> sad. <laughs> My favorite color is sleep. <laughs> Watch K on for the music. I guess not. (laughs) (laughs) That was low, man. Below the belt. We are an experienced anime blogging site, giving us the expertise to dish out detailed opinions on which series to watch and when to drop. Head over to metanon.net and enter the metaverse. After all, we take fangirling seriously. Anime Addict Anonymous wa Amy Plex to Goran no sponsor no teikyo de okuritashimasu. And we're back to the 157th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. I am again your host Mitsugi flying very solo tonight without the girls to support him. So, I am without my harem. Where is the harem when you need it? But, I am going to do my best to bring you a good topic today, so we will see how it goes. The chat is calling for Roko, but Roko is not here. If he was, I'm sure we could put together something that would be very close to a hentai episode without Chiaki and Kimiko to tell Roko no. Bad Roko. So the topic today is... The topic today will be famous people in the industry that made our anime addiction from the start, including famous voice actors, animators, directors. Are they still in the industry and what are they doing now? So I I noticed that Many of the people on the list are actually directors, and there's a couple uh, famous composers, if you will. So, oh yes, the the chat immediately calls for Steve Bloom, famous voice actor, Eng- English dub actor. Very nice guy. There's an interview of him that we did some sometime back on iTunes, if you want to hear it. Very nice guy. So, the first person on this list that Chiaki has put together is Mamoru Oshii, who has directed many things and has been in, other, in, in many other positions throughout the, uh, the process of, of creating an animated work. But some of his most famous works obviously include Ghost in the Shell, which everybody probably knows because it has two famous movies and Lord knows how many seasons of the TV series, maybe three or four. Uh, Also known well for Blood the Last Vampire, original author and creator of that, very famous anime, and as Chiaki loves this anime, apparently, Angel's Egg, which no one has seen except her, so that's helpful. So, he's 51 years old, so he's not, you know, he's he's not too old um, to to continue doing work, but at the end of the 1990s, Oshi took a five-year hiatus from the anime industry and returned with a live-action film in 2001. Also, he, pr- he produced the film Skycrawlers in 2008, which is an anime that I saw, but I, ha- I cannot recall many of the details from it. 
I think it might have been one of those shows I watched while going to sleep and you just can't remember things. But I have run into that on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you can watch the Skycrawlers on Netflix. Um, he also wrote the screenplay to the production IG film Musashi, The Death of the Last Samurai, which I have not seen, and which some apparently call to be the best anime documentary ever. I didn't even know they had anime documentaries, so that's interesting. Uh, in, in 2009, he directed and wrote the live-action Assault Girls and served as the creative director for the production IG segment of the animated short Halo Legends. And also, he most recently, he announced he planned to, to make a film adaptation of Mitsuteru Yokohama's Tetsujin 28 manga, which ended up being a live-action film called 28 and a Half. So... So he's a, a very important name in the, anim, in the anime industry and has made a lot of contributions to many different areas of, of the industry. But I feel like he's sort of a name that, that isn't as well-known as some of the others that uh, people tend to recognize, like the Miyazakis and the, uh, the Takahatas. But nonetheless, an important name in, in, in the industry that has made great contributions and and uh, people in the chat have asked, did he do Eden of the East? And I think the answer to that question is probably no, though I could be wrong. But looking at his resume here, um, he did not do Eden of the East that I can see. He uh, is most well known for Ghost in the Shell. M a great deal of work with Pat Labor, which is another um, science fiction mecha type show that many of you have probably seen. Did, did work on uh, say Yatsura, which is an old show that aired back in the 80s that some of you have probably seen, um, but maybe not if you're, if you're of the younger age variety. Um, so, very important name in the industry. People are calling for Steve Bloom over and over again from the chat, and he's not even on here, on our, on our outline, but what the hell, might as well throw Steve Bloom in here, since uh, the chat is the co-host today, apparently. Since uh, none of my actual co-hosts could show up, break my heart. Steve Bloom, where do I begin? Steve Bloom is 47 years old, born in Santa Monica, California. The number of roles that Steve Bloom has in the anime industry are, are simply too many to count, really. There's probably hundreds of voice acting roles that he's done for not only anime, but games. Um... And just countless video games. He was Orochimaru in the anime Naruto, and also in the for the for the Naruto games, Sanjiro in the Dot Hack games, Sunjian in the Dynasty Warrior games, and also Jihao. You know, it's just countless. But some of the roles that he's most well known for in in his dub work with anime are, of course, he was Spike in Cowboy Bebop, which of course. Everyone knows, and Roger Smith and the Big O, which is also a, a very nice show that that was is very well known in the United States because it was on Toonami. And one of my personal favorite roles that he was in, he did Shishio from from Buroni Kenshin. And I think the reason why I like him as Shishio so much is because Steve Bloom can can produce this psychotic laughter that really just fits a villain very well, and um. And Shishio just will have fits of rage and madness where he'll just bust out into crazy laughter. 
and of course, as the chat is raging, uh, Onizuka from GTO, which, of course, one of my favorites, and GTO being, as I've learned, an, an incredibly popular show in, in Japan, more popular than I ever thought it, it would be. Uh, you don't even have to say, you don't, you don't even have to reference anime, just say Onizuka, and everyone says, oh yeah, yeah, GTO, I know that, pretty much. Also, they're working on new movies and, and uh, mangas for that. But the list here of roles is literally 200-some long. But, uh... I don't know. The last I heard, Steve Bloom, we met him at a, uh... Um... At an anime con in Florida last year and did an interview with him. And he had stated that some of the work that he was working on were, video, were involved with video games. Seeing as a new Halo came out recently... I am. I had no doubt. I have no doubt that he had a role in that in that game because he has done uh, numerous uh, roles in, in those games of many of the enemies that you kill. He, uh, I guess, they're called grunts. So uh, on June fifth, two thousand twelve, he was awarded the Guinness Book World Record for the most prolific video game voice actor having credited appearances in 261 games. Oh, Lord. He's also considered, quote-unquote, the king of anime among fans and a number of credit appearances, uh, this according to Wikipedia. So, and for you ladies that, that are curious, he is married, sorry, and his wife loves animals, as he will tell you. <laughs> Little side note there. So, moving on here. This is such a Chiaki one here. I know nothing about this person. Yoshitaka Amano, concept artist, character designer, art director. He has done so many works of art for anime and games. I know that for the for a long period of time, Yoshitaka Amano was did most most or all of the concept art for most of the Final Fantasy games. I know he did up through ten. Although I'm not, I think they maybe maybe he recently stopped doing work on the Final Fantasy concept art, but I'm not 100% sure. But all of those like beautiful cover arts you see of the Final Fantasy games that have like silhouettes and, and the the orange, blue, and purple colors, those are all Amano. So very interesting uh, work that he does. Chiaki again cites Angel's Egg as a uh, some of the uh, famous works that he was involved in. He did the character design for Vampire Hunter D. As someone in the chat just says, so thank you for that, Grifty28, and Vampire Hunter D. Bloodlust. Um, Ayakashi Samurai Horror Tales, which is which is a show that I love, but not many people have seen. Um, most recently, he worked on a 2009 remake of, Tetsu, of uh, Tezuka's Jungle Emperor King, uh, Jungle, em Jungle Emperor King Leo character designs, um, but his work has shifted more away from the animation industry to focus more on print works and showing in galleries. So, if you're wondering why there hasn't been quite as much Yoshitaka Amano in anime lately, it's because he's he's doing his own thing and he's trying to he's trying to you know you know focus on a different side of art and. Uh, you know, show his work to the world in a different way. So, very interesting. So, I have not had quite as many interesting comments from the chat as I had hoped. Merely many shouts for names to cover. There's no way I can cover all these names. So, the first on the list here 
or rather the third on the list here is uh, Yoko Kano. Um, many of you know Yoko Kano. She is a music composer. She's responsible for if you if you have if you have an anime that you like the music a lot and you say wow this whole soundtrack's incredible, and and you just say I wonder who did the soundtrack for this. Chances are it might be Yoko Kano because this has happened to me maybe three times in the past. I was thinking to myself, wow, that Vision of Escaflone has amazing music. You know, I, I wonder who did the music for this. Oh, and guess what? Yoko Kano. So, uh, but yeah, she was the composer for, for Cowboy Bebop. She did uh, m- much of the work for the, uh, the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex music. She uh, did the music for Vision of Escaflone. And her music is, she has this, she has a, uh, you know, every, everyone has their own style when it comes to, to music composition. And Yoko Kano chooses more of, of a, uh, she's, she can do many different things as you see in Cowboy Bebop. She has very, a very much a jazz flair, which is very, which fits the, 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 the style of the show very well, but. She's also adept at doing um, orchestral compositions. So if you're watching, if you're if you're listening to something like uh, Escaflone's soundtrack, you'll hear that it's just sweeping orchestral. She she did the work for Wolf's Rain. Uh, someone in the chat says Sakamichi no Apollon, which I haven't confirmed, but uh, that's fine. Um, Darker than black. The list is very long here. Um, Jinro, the Wolf Brigade, live-action music for Honey and Clover, much music for the Macross series, all the way from uh, from Macross Frontier all the way back to Macross Plus. So it's uh, she did the music for Magnetic Rose, which is also a, a work that uh, Katsuhiro Otomo did. So she's like she's. Nyoko Kano is to anime music as Nobuo Uematsu is to game music. So even though Nobuo Uematsu primarily does music for Final Fantasy, you'll notice that some of his pieces are loved throughout the world. And uh, for example, Eyes on Me won an international music award for Asia for the most popular pop song um, back when back when Fei Wong was uh, a rising star in, in China. And the chat explodes with cries of Nobuo. And uh, such a nice guy, too, Nobuo Matsu. We saw him in concert in Georgia, in Atlanta. And uh, he came up on stage and wearing his, 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 his traditional Japanese white... I'm not sure what to call it. I'll call it a yukata for now. But So, as we move on down this list... I run into the name Akira Toriyama, which many people know because he did the original story and uh, for Dragon Ball Z, which <laughs> is enough in, in and of itself to make you world famous, considering Dragon Ball Z, other than Pokemon, probably is the most well-known and profitable anime of all time. Maybe One Piece, I am not sure. But so his resume is a bit smaller, but it's it's just ripe with Dragon Ball Z. If you look at this list here, um, of course he also did the character design for Blue Dragon, which 
if you look at the Blue Dragon characters, Akira Toriyama's character designs have a very distinct look to them. You'll notice that if you've played the game Chrono Trigger, which is an old Super Nintendo game that's incredible, incredible, incredible RPG, you'll notice that you'll notice that Luca in the game looks looks surprisingly a lot like Bulma. How could Bulma be in Chrono Trigger? Gosh, I just don't know. And and Chrono looks he, Chrono looks a lot like a young Trunks. How could this be? Well, because. Akira Toyama has his own special flair for for his character designs. Pointy hair. Um, the uh, the females tend to have a different type of hair. It's a little bit straighter. But Blue Dragon also had his character designs. Um, but primarily, he's known for his work in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, most recently, uh, <clears throat> or his his success with Dragon Ball Z, he did hasn't produced much since then. Most of his stories are about or short 100 to 200 page works that he's done recently other rather than doing uh, long shonen stories uh, he has created other things recently such as designing an electric car for QC Motors which is pretty awesome I, I, I kinda wanna own a car that was designed by Akira Toriyama or drawing a portrait of Japanese pop star Ayumi Hamasaki for her cover, cover album I guess Ayumi Hamasaki wants to see herself go Super Saiyan and Yes, and as uh, Barefoot from the chat aptly mentions, he does most of the art for Dragon Quest, or in, J- or in Japan, it's known as Durakue. So this is indeed true. Um, and he also published a one-shot manga in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump called uh, Kintoki in 2010. So, yeah, Akira Toriyama is a uh, another well-known name in the anime industry that has sort of slowed down his uh, his pace a little bit in terms of the work he's done, but come on, when you're as famous as Akira Toriyama and you're, you have made your mark on the world forever by doing something as famous as Dragon Ball Z, I think that it's uh, it's you're allowed to take a break, I guess. Um, moving down this list a little bit, Chiaki has written Clamp. Clamp, period. So, Clamp is, of course, an all-female. I'm not sure. I'd, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm rebelling against the Church of Mitsugi by doing a a, a, segment, a segment here on Clamp. But uh, Clamp is an all-female Japanese manga artist group that was formed in the mid 1980s, and many of the group's mangas are adapted into anime. Anime people in the People listening are thrown off because I've started to say anime, but the reason for this is because my job involves a lot of conversation with Japanese people, and if you say anime to Japanese people, they have no idea what you're what you're talking about. So you have to say anime, otherwise they look at you like you're crazy and you're speaking some some witch tongue that no one recognizes. So, but of course, um, they have had a many many mangas per. Uh, turned into anime, into anime lately, you know, in the past ten years. Chobits, of course, is a very well-known anime and one that I enjoy very much. Card Chapter Sakura, as the chat mentions, X, of course, X, Triple X Holic, um, Subasa Reservoir Chronicles, the recent uh, Kobato, which came out in 2011, Angelic Lair, Magic Knight Rare, as we go back in time. 
um, clamp school detectives. So it's a very uh, Code Geass, as someone mentions in the chat, Blood Sea, although I, uh, I was trying to not mention that because of how horrible that anime is. I, I truly recommend that if you... If you have seen Blood, if if you have not seen Blood Sea, you should you should absolutely stay as far away from it as you possibly can. It's truly terrible, and you will be disappointed by it. But the group was formed in 1987, so it is 25 years old. And most notably, recently, Clamp created Triple X Holic and Subasa Reservoir Chronicles, and they still have two manga, Gate Seven and Drug and Drop, which are being serialized in. Japanese magazines, including Young Ace. Um, and as, as I mentioned earlier, Clamp also branched out into doing character designs for Code Geass. Which, I know that anime resolved, but I really kind of want to see more of it. But it's uh, something that probably won't happen. And, uh, yeah, the, the chat is discussing how Blood Sea, the last episode, was okay. And... All I can say is, if you're watching a show, and for the first 12 out of the 13 episodes, you are just utterly disgusted with it, it's not enough to have a good last episode. I mean, it's arguably worse to have a bad last episode and have the whole rest of the show be ruined because of that, but good lord. No, it's not Pope Hat time, although it is sitting directly in front of me on the table, which I know you can see very clearly. So, we have another one here that Chiaki has put together for us. Noriyuki Abe is a, is a uh, director that influenced me as an anime fan, specifically because he has directed several shows that I watched when I was younger, um, including Yu Yu Hakusho, which, way back in the day, only certain shows ever made it on TV, and... Of these shows, some of them also made it on made it onto DVD, and uh, Yu Yu Hakusho is one of these shows that's very popular and popular in Japan also, but um, made its mark in America as well. But of course, he's also well known for doing Bleach, which I personally don't really don't really take uh, a huge amount of enjoyment in, just because I got too far behind in Bleach. But uh, many people love it. Many people love it, and but he directed Flame of Rekka. He has involvement in other shows like Hikaru no Goal. Um, but recently, um, he remains very active in the anime industry today. Uh, as I said, he's currently the director for Bleach and all the Bleach films, and He's also done storyboard or episode unit directing for other famous shows such as Trigun and Naruto Shippuden, which of course is still very popular in Japan. And you 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 do see Naruto things in Japan, but not not as much as you'd see One Piece or um, Dragon Ball. I'm always very surprised by how much Evangelion I see, even though it's so old. And last night, I was in an arcade, and I saw a pachinko machine for Code Geass, and I was like, wow. How interesting. Also, there is a... Tangent for a moment. There is a new metal game in arcades in Japan of Mario Party. And I must say, for those of you that don't know what metal games are, 
there are those games where you have the little coins and you drop them into 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 this into the slider, and there's like a shelf full of coins that moves back and forth, and the idea is to make coins fall off the shelf into your bucket. But Japan takes us to a new level because they have Mario Party Metal games now, where you play mini games in the game depending on how many coins you can make fall in a certain slots, etc. And um, I played this game for about two and a half hours, and did did actually quite well. And uh, next to me there was a Japanese woman who apparently all the Japanese people were just born knowing how to play metal games because she got a an, an eighteen hundred coin jackpot, and it took seven minutes of constant like machine gun firing these coins at her to give her all of her coins. And I was just sitting there in amazement because my biggest feat that I accomplished that night was maybe a hundred a hundred coin jackpot, which is nothing compared to what she did. Barefoot in the chat asks how much money did I lose? I put in two thousand yen, which got me four hundred coins, and two thousand yen is about mm, twenty five dollars. And two two and a half hours later I walked out and I still had two hundred and fifty of my coins. So if you think about it, I played for about two and a half hours on only seven dollars, which is pretty good. So Pretty good. It, it is considered gambling in Japan, but I don't know really really what you can win. Nelly1876 uh, in the chat asks, what exactly is pachinko? Pachinko is a form of gambling in Japan where you drop metal balls into a machine. There's like a little dial. You turn it and it, and it fires the these steel balls into a into a into a vertical board of little pegs and the idea is to make the balls fall into certain slots on the board. Pachinko is very hard and it is a form of gambling in Japan and last time I did it I lost all the money I put in in a matter of a minute and it was quite frankly not that fun and pachinko parlors are deafeningly loud because there's maybe a hundred machines all playing music at the same time and they all have the sound of metal balls slamming against things. So. Uh, I did not go next door for my prize because I did not uh, win anything. And another member of the chat asks, did I see any good animation from these machines? Some of the machines do have anime animation on them, but I wouldn't don't expect much from them in terms of anim- animation. That's just not really what they uh, not really what they're there for. So we have some. Uh, more popular names on the list here that I added just a minute ago because not because I think that people really need to hear about them again but because it seems odd to have a conversation topic like this without having the names on it so I threw Miyazaki on here because um, he influenced my anime watching and probably everyone else's and changed the anime industry forever and most people in Japan think he's a genius so Miyazaki is, of course, one of the head directors at Studio Ghibli, and his work is very influential because he's done a number of shows, fantasy-based shows in Japan that everyone know, and um, the list is numerous, including Naushika, Castle in the Sky, or La Laputa, Kiki's Delivery Service, Kotoro. Porco Rosso, uh, Spirited Away, or in Japanese, Sento Chihiro Kamekakushi, 
um, Mononoke Hime, uh, Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, and it's just a very numerous list. And now he's working on another film that he is going to be a autobiography type of film regarding a, I think if I recall correctly, it was a pilot from World War II. So there's going to be another interesting film coming out pretty soon. And it's a remar- this man is remarkable because the uh, he's been active in the anime industry for almost 50 years. So if you think about that, that's pretty, that's pretty crazy. Also, he is a, he's 71 years old, but the man still is directing films. And I don't know all that much about what it takes to direct an anime film, but I do know that it must be a very grueling task to have to manage so many people. And even at his age, he still does this quite well. And... I just think it's remarkable to have such a to have such a strong drive, and um, of course his son Goro Miyazaki entered the the uh, anime industry recently with a couple of films that he that he redu- produced, including uh, from Up on Poppy's Hill, which may be nominated for an Oscar. We'll have to find out. the The anime that I'm seeing here that I'm not sure if this is his newest anime or not. I really need to read more about this before I say something I shouldn't. Um, his newest film that will come out in 2013 is called Kaze Tachu, uh, Tachinu, which I can't translate, but um, it's coming out in 2013, so I, I know that I'll have details on it when it comes out in Japan because it will, I'm sure, be everywhere in the, in the, in the country. Although, Japan has a knack... For having very popular things release and having no one know about it. For example, I haven't heard anything about the Wii U at all since I've been in Japan. Some people don't even know what it is. I, I just don't know how this can happen. But sometimes I forget that most Japanese people are just like American people. And that there's a niche for everything. And if you're not a part of that niche, if you're not a gamer, you're not going to know what the Wii U is. So, But um, people in the chat already say Wii U is a failure. I don't own one, so I don't know, but, um, so, but, basically, Miyazaki is loyal to his Studio Ghibli work, he continues to put out, what what tend to be consistently excellent masterpieces, uh, about every three years, and I'm sure that this new film will be in American and Japanese movie theaters when it comes out, because Disney has the licensing rights to, um, Studio Ghibli's work. And you'll see this in the States eventually. Also, Isao Takahata, just to lump him together with uh, Miyazaki, Isao Takahata is another, is basically Miyazaki's second half at Studio Ghibli. He he matches uh, Miyazaki's work with uh, works of fiction with much more grounded and reality-based movies. He, of course, people... People all over Japan, every single person knows the movie Hotaru no Haka, or Grave of the Fireflies, which I keep telling people I think is the best anime ever made, but they, they, I am continually met with the response, oh, so sad. And I say, yes, it's sad, but very powerful. Um, if you haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies, I truly recommend you see it. Um, it's 
difficult to watch, but it's an important movie and very good. People in the chat are mentioning the movie Adietti, um, Kadigurashi no Adietti, which is a Ghibli film that came out, oh, maybe, I would say maybe three years ago, I can't remember, but it is not, it is neither Miyazaki nor Takahata, so I didn't mention it. Just looking at the list of works that Takahata has been involved in, of course, he's been in the anime industry for forever, it seems like. He is, uh, he's been active in the industry for about 50 years, and he's 77 years old, so... He's a little bit older than Miyazaki, and, and as a result, if you look at, at, the, at the works that he's credited with, he hasn't done a whole lot of work recently, and that sort of makes me sad. Um, perhaps his most notable film that came out um, in 1999 was My Neighbor the Yamadas, which is a very amazing movie about basically the life of an average Japanese family. Maybe a little bit of a more silly family than most, but that's a very that's a very fantastic movie. That if you haven't seen My Neighbor the Amadas, go, go buy it on DVD because Disney tends to do an amazing job of cleaning up these movies and dubbing them and, and dubbing them. And I know it's like, oh my god, it's dub, but normally the dub has Japanese with it, and they they tend to hire Hollywood actors to do the dubbing, so it's consistently fantastic. Uh, work. I mean, you have. Uh, I know that just just off the top of my head, Billy Bob Thornton, for example, was cast in Princess Mononoke. He had a small role, but Gillian Anderson was in that movie. They do a really good job, and I know that recently they um they've they've been re-releasing the, these these Ghibli films on Blu-ray, so you can get the Blu-ray collection of My Neighbor the Amatas and others. The chat is, is saying inappropriate things about me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. So I, I, that's that's generally what I expect from the chat is to hear inappropriate things. That's that's quite okay. I uh, I accept it. So another one on this list. Um, before I go into random acceptance of questions from the chat, although I've been pretty much answering everything, is Katsuhiro Otomo who became famous when he did the work Akira back in the 80s. Akira is uh, arguably one of the most influential anime films of all time because of its importance in bringing anime to America, which I've talked about before. Um, Katsuhiro Otomo has also done other important works. Um, he was very influential in the, in the series Memories, which is a three-part uh, collection of films which includes the films uh, Magnetic Rose, Stink Bomb, and uh, Cannon Fodder, of which Magnetic Rose is by far the, the best of those. Uh, Katsuhiro Otomo is, he is 58 years old, and uh, he's a Virgo. No, I'm just kidding. So... In 2012, he said that he will start a new manga series for Shonen Jump set during Japan's Meiji period, which is the late 1800s. And uh, it will be his first long-form work since Akira. So, that's that says a lot because, uh, you know, it's been a long time since Akira came out. Um, he directed, the, he directed Mushi, Mushishi, the live-action movie, in 2006. 
He directed Steam Boy, the, the film, which is pretty good, uh, in uh, 2004. And he's done uh, a number of roles from screenwriting and things like that. But it's it's remarkable how the anime industry has sort of shifted in terms of the people that have that were influential in the past. You have many famous names like Takahata, Akira Toriyama, Katsuhiro Otomo, Miyazaki. Many of these people have become have become a little bit older, and as and as people age, they become less active, and. What you've seen, I think, is that recently, in the last five or six years, they we've we've seen the industry give way to new to fresh blood, so to speak. Um, I can't speak for Satoshi for the late Satoshi Kon. He was a little bit younger, you know. I don't know what he what his involvement in the industry would have been. I'm sure he would have been very active still, which is very sad. But um, for example, Makoto Shinkai, a young director who has been making consistently excellent movies um, for the last 10 years and many other directors that have done um, well-known anime works have have started to rise in the industry as some of these bigger names from the past have become a little bit more silent and uh, which is one reason why I think it's so remarkable that Miyazaki continues to do so much work because even in his 70s to be doing such grueling work and to be so driven I think is really wonderful and we of course get to experience many more additionally wondrous and fantastic films that you know people can show their kids and uh, you know continue to dazzle the world so I have noticed that the chat has gone silent and so I will move move along to uh, greener pastures so to speak So, we have some reviews to do tonight. I was going to try to do a review on Millennium Actress, but it was supposed to be a multi-part review involving uh, also Chiaki and um, Kimiko also, because we've all seen it. So I think I will probably shelf that until next episode, because I would really hate to, uh, you know... You know, push them aside or something like that, and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for them before we do that. So, when we come back, I am going to do a review on the first season of, of Uchu Kyodai, and I will also do maybe a since this episode has been pretty short, a uh, a quick Q and A from the chat if anybody wants to ask any questions about Japan. And stay tuned, and I will be back in a couple minutes. proud anime nerds out there. This is Chiaki and this is your anime news break. First up, Hiro Okuda's and Production IG's A Letter to Momo film won the Best Animated Feature category at the 6th Asian Pacific Screen Awards this past Friday in Brisbane, Australia. Composer Ryuchi Sakamoto of Royal Space Force The Wings of Hanamise and Appleseed received the 2012 APSAFIAPF Award for Outstanding Achievement in Film. 
and he performed two pieces from the films Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and The Last Emperor live at the award ceremony. A Letter to Momo competed for Best Animated Feature against Goro Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli's from Up on Poppy Hill, and Konosuke Uda and Toei's Rainbow Fireflies, Mamoru Hosoda and Studio Chizu's Wolf Children, and George Miller and Warner Brothers' Happy Feet Do. This is the first Japanese win in this category since Makoto Shinkai's 5 centimeters per second to Komi Honor in 2007, which all of these things combined bodes me to believe that Letter to Momo is a pretty solid film. Another news for you Haruhi fans out there, I know you're out there, don't lie, I know, I know where you are, I can probably name you. Katakawa Shoten's Sneaker Bunko imprint will publish Haruhi Yaka, tentatively titled Collection of Noisy Ito's Haruhi Suzumiya Art on May 1st, 2013, which for art book collectors like me sounds really exciting, even if it's a series that I'm not absolutely crazy about. But the book will contain some new illustrations and a story by Haruhi Suzumiya author Naguru Tanigawa. So if you're a huge fan of the Haruhi Suzumiya franchise, this is a great opportunity to own some new content. And if you're a huge fan of, the, of another huge franchise, Evangelion, there's some new bling, quite literally, that you can have graced on your iPhone. Stickers for iPhone's home button are available in cubic zirconia or gold finish and have the numbers of Evangelion pilots on there. Japanese phone strap online retailer Strapia has begun selling different Neon Genesis Evangelion themed sticker buttons for the iPhone's home button. Each button is made out of cubic zirconia and it features character numbers and logos. Designs are available in Shinji, Asuka, Rei, Mari, Sili, and Nerve. Gold finish buttons with the same designs are also available. Both types of button costs 945 yen, or about 11 US dollars for one button, which might be a little pricey for a button, but could be a classy piece of bling to add your anime fandom to your iPhone. And finally, for those of you anime gamers out there and fans of Hatsune Miku, Sega's official weekly Diva Station blog has confirmed that the PlayStation 3 version of Hatsune Miku Project Diva F will arrive on March 7th, 2013. Participating retailers throughout Japan will offer an exclusive rubber strap for people who pre-order the rhythm game, which is terribly tempting for me. This was Shiaki, and this was your Anime News Break. Don't go anywhere, because we'll be back to the show soon. So you want to hear people talk about Japanese cartoons. You know, anime. But you think the other anime podcasters just aren't nerdy enough? Sounds like you need to join forces with the Anime World Order. Where each week, three self-proclaimed experts offer you reviews of titles both new and classic, news and commentary, rants, convention reports, interviews with fandom, and some hentai and yaoi for good measure. So search for anime in the iTunes Music Store. Or visit our website at AnimeWorldOrder.com. Anime World Order, revealing the truth about anime, one podcast at a time. Hi, my name is Sonny Strait, voice of Krillin from Dragon Ball Z, and I'm an anime addict. Kamehameha, bitches! And we're back to the 157th episode of the Anime Addicts Anonymous podcast. It's the lonely episode where Mitsugi is sitting in this freezing room in his house all alone with no one to hang out with except the people in the chat. It's very sad, I know. 
So, in this segment, which will probably be very short, I am going to do a review on Uchu Kyodai, or Space Brothers, which is a show that has been airing in Japan for the last, oh, the last six or seven months. And I will try to make the review a little bit shorter than, than I normally would, because this, is, of course, is a show that has not finished. And I don't know how long it will be, but I imagine it's going to be quite long. Um, as the manga is rather lengthy. So, the first thing about Uchi Kyodai that you need to know is that, one, I live probably 30 minutes south of a town called Scuba. That is spelled T-S-U-K-U-B-A, for those of you that care. And in, in Scuba, there is a company called JAXA. And... This company is the Japanese Aeronautics uh, Aerospace Exploration Agency, or essentially it's the equivalent of America's NASA, except they don't launch rockets, not, not, in, not in scuba. It's spelled T-S-U-K-U-B-A. But when you say it, it sounds like scuba diving, because the Japanese people speak really quickly and they tend to, to blend things together. So, Uchu Kyodai is an anime about young brothers who are named Muta and Hibito. And these two young brothers make a promise to each other that they will become astronauts and explore space and, uh, you know, live their childhood dreams. And so it's the year 2025 and Hibito has followed his dream to become an astronaut as he is um, to become the first Japanese astronaut on the moon. But his brother Muta has not followed the same path. He has not lived up to his childhood promise. He has he was a job as a as an engineer designing cars for a, a car company, but right at the beginning of the show, he gets fired from his job because he if I recall, he headbutts his boss. Um but if I also recall, his boss was doing some things that he quite deserved it. But I mentioned Jaxa because much of this show takes place in JAXA because what happens is that Muta finds his way in life. Um, he talks to, to his uh, people, the people that he confide in, and rather than finding a job that he's you know very unhappy with, Muta decides to pursue his dream with his brother and apply to become an astronaut. And so he become he begins to train and uh, you know better himself to make himself more uh, more appealing to the uh, to the company of JAXA. And so much of the first season of this, of this anime takes place in a series of tests that narrow down the candidate pool from, you know, thousands down to eventually maybe 20 people, and then from there only a handful are selected. And someone in the chat asks what my favorite character in the show is, and I would say it's obviously Muta. But I also like um, Apple the dog, and um, it's so funny because this show is so well known in Japan, and I, I, I'm not sure if it's because it takes place in, in scuba or if it's just because the show is awesome, but I have asked a number of people, because since, since some of my work takes place in scuba, and I have, I have many company employees from JAXA, believe it or not. The company of JAXA sends their employees to us for English lessons because they... Uh, 
they have a lot of employees that communicate with the International Space Station, and there's English people in there. So it makes sense. And so I say to them, I say, do you know the anime Uchu Kyodai? And everyone knows it. Uh, everybody. Also because it was a television drama. It was a live-action TV drama and a manga. And as soon as, as, soon as it's on live-action TV, everyone knows it. It's, it's just how it happens. And um, I said to one of the people one day, I said, so they do a lot of rigorous testing in the show. You know, they, uh, they have simulations of what it would be to have a disaster in space. Um, they, they do, like, gravity testing and uh, endurance tests and things like that. And I said, how, how accurate are these things, you know? If I was to become an astronaut and try to, try to do this at JAXA, how many of these same tests would I be put through? And the guy said that, surprisingly, the stuff that happens in Uchu Kodai is very accurate. So it's very interesting that to know that because I, f- I feel like if you know that when you watch the show, you have more of an appreciation for it because you're actually seeing something that might happen in reality. Um, very interesting. I also have a number of children that, that uh, watch the show, and I've done the, uh, the dance from the second opening theme of the show several times. Um, it's very it the dances it's the easiest dance you've ever seen in an anime so it's, it's great but um some of the kids love apple the little pug which led to a whole discussion on what a pug was i'm not going to do the dance here because it's freezing cold and i'm huddling for warmth under this meager blanket that i have on, on my feet uh so uchu kyodai this anime is quite amazing. I mean, when I started to watch it, I knew by the first episode, by the end of the first episode, that I had something special here. From the from the original opening theme and video that remind me of something straight out of Katamari Damacy with how with how goofy it is, to with with Muta like snorting rainbows out of his nose and all this craziness, to how amazingly the amazing exposition that the show sets up. With the past of the of them as children of Hibito and Muta, it's it's just really amazing how they weave it together so well to create likable characters and also a very simple yet well constructed story in such a short period of time. They they go through uh, you know their 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 adventures as children in the forest, you know, collecting sounds from insects and things like that, to where they think they see a spaceship and uh, flying through the sky, and so. That is their first inspiration for, you know, wow, I really want to go to space and uh, and see this. And then what happens is uh, they, they move to the present after the exposition's over and um, they, uh, they show that Muta is not doing so well. And so he applies to be an astronaut eventually and they go through many tests. He, find, he meets some new friends through the testing. Um, oh, I trying to remember all their names, you know, I'm an old man, so I, tr- I have trouble remembering. Uh, Kenji Makabe is probably Muta's number one male friend applicant. He's a very cool guy who, he has cool hair, and he's very, uh, you know, he's level-headed, and he's basically exactly what the, what Jaxa wants, and so Muta's convinced that, you know, well, he'll get selected eventually. And then there's also a girl who, um, Serika, who is very pretty, and Muta basically has a huge crush on her. And they go through a series of testing that involves interviews. The interview was very interesting because they one of the one of the one of the one of the interviewers was very clever. He loosened a, a screw on the bottom of one of the chairs, 
to uh, he wanted to see how well the applicants paid attention to detail and to see who would notice the screw was loose in the chair and it just drives Muta crazy because he notices and he spends the whole interview you know he's sitting up straight trying to talk to them looking looking look, looking the panel of interviewers in the face but he's also kind of slouched over to one side trying to fix the uh, the screw as he tries to screw it back in under the chair and the interviewers are very impressed when they notice that he is even able to get the screw mostly screwed back in you know despite actually sitting in the chair while he tries to do it so the show one of the only problems the show really has because the music's amazing the animation's beautiful the characters are really enjoyable uh, the story is believable and uh, doesn't have an ounce of silliness in it, which is exactly what I like from anime because I don't watch anime for you guys know by now that I'm a when it comes to uh, goofy harems and slapstick and all this other stuff, I'm just not a fan of that. Uchi Koda is the exact opposite. And the chat asks, Muta is not silly. Muta is silly, but this show is not a silly show. Is what I mean. It's uh, grounded in reality. It's a realist show. Um, it could. Be, I'm sure it's fiction, but I'm sure, it, but it could be considered nonfiction. And the way that it's pre- presented is not in a in a uh, in a goofy or inappropriate manner like so many anime are. But the show, I did feel that it that it dragged a little bit in the middle. Um, I was really hoping that the testing wouldn't go on quite as long as it did. I mean, I I thought that 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 the testing would be. He he enters the testing like around the fifth episode, I think, and. You know, I thought that, uh, um, you know, that they would be done with that in five episodes or so, but it literally goes to the very end of the season. So it took 20 episodes to get through the testing. And, I, and you know, I'm okay with that because the show's going to keep going and uh, it'll be 52 or 52 episodes or maybe even three seasons. I, I honestly don't know. But, you know, I was hoping they could speed it up a little bit. They spent an awful long time in the uh, simulated group, the simulated uh, space station test later on. They spent like 10 episodes in those little boxes doing their interactions. and I truly thought it could be a little faster than that. So that, that's really the only criticism I have of the show. Um, there are some good cliffhangers, as Nelly in the chat mentions. Also, someone asks if it's a man's anime, and I would say it's not a man's anime. I don't think. It's uh. I know, for example, Kimiko loves this anime. So, and if she was here right now, she would, uh, she would be, I'm sure, raving and rant, ranting, and raving about how good it is. So, and I've talked to women that have been my students, and they like it. So, I know that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of a romantic show, not not in not in human interaction, but in like pursuing your dreams, and you know, everyone tends to like a story like that. So. I think it's it's really enjoyable for pretty much any audience, and it's appropriate for children. So I I can't I actually can't claim that it, that it would be something that a child shouldn't watch because it doesn't have really any objectionable content in it. Uh, there's no fan service or uh, you know anything that that would deter your son or daughter from watching it. It's good for the whole family, as Kron from the chat mentions. Um, so. What do I what do I score with you, Kyodai? And I'm sure that I'll come back later, and you know, give you an update after the second season or whatever when uh, when Muta continues his efforts to become an astronaut. But and I'll and at that point I'll probably update the score also. But 
It's um I'll probably give the show for now. I probably give it four and a half. Uh, really cute pugs out of five because Apo is really cute. And the only reason I can't give it a five, I think, is just because I thought it dragged a little bit in the middle. I mean, it's fine. It, it they're not going to leave anything out because it's going to be long, but it kind of has, in my opinion, a little bit of the DBZ disease, who are you know the battle with Frieza takes forty episodes. The test didn't really need to take the whole season. It could have been maybe half as long. So, but it's not a huge it's not a huge negative. The show is amazing. I recommend anybody watch the show. It's it's good for anybody to see. Probably the arguably the best show from the recent seasons. You know, everyone has a favorite. This is one of mine. Uh Bob Guardian in the chat asks, is it anything like Planet Test? And I tell you it's nothing like Planet Test. It sounds similar because um it's it's uh, you know, about outer space supposedly but at this point in the show it's more about Muta's dreams and pursuing his dreams than it is about actually being in space Planet Test is an anime about garbage collectors in space who clean up space debris that can be dangerous for space shuttles and things like that and it's also a much goofier comedy uh, that gets more serious towards the end Planet Test is also an amazing show that I recommend to most people but uh, so Uchu Kyodai is a really great show, and I'll keep you guys updated as we, uh, as the show continues in the, uh, in the winter season and possibly into the spring season. So, and of course it's airing right now in the fall, so. So, uh, great show tonight, you know, it was a little bit hard doing it by myself, but, um, you know, not the first time I've done it, managed to pull through. You know, fighting off the plague that is uh, infecting everyone in Japan. So, doing a good job of that. So, so for now, I guess I will lead us out of the show here with our our main website is www.aaapodcast.com. We're on iTunes. Hello, people. So, rate us if you like us. Um, I like reading the reviews, unless you give me a bad review, and then I and then I get angry. Um. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Anime Addicts Anonymous Podcast, and www.ustream.tv forward slash channel forward slash anime dash addicts dash anonymous dash podcast. And maybe I'll have a small Q&A about Japan after I play the ending song. So for those of you that want to hear that, stick around. And also, thank you for everyone who joined us in the chat. I know it's not nearly as interesting or exciting with just Mitsugi here. Uh, no, no inter-host interaction, it's just one voice talking and talking and talking and talking, so I appreciate you sticking with me, uh, you guys are, do a hundred push-ups, maybe, maybe next time, <laughs> so the ending theme tonight is Umikaze, no brave. From the anime, Robotics Notes. By the artist Fumika. So, we will see you guys next week, hopefully with uh, all hosts intact. And until then, continue your, continue your addiction, be safe, and have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.